Hi, I'm Ben Houck. And I'm Chris Heyer. And this is a movie podcast about the kid detective. It's a movie from 2020, but it's 2022. It's crazy. <laughs> the last two years have been insane, Chris. How are you doing? Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, dealing with uh, all the all the stuff that's going on. You know? Yeah, yeah. This was a week where I got COVID and I stayed home and have been working from home and been losing my mind. And, you know, it's in the second week of a podcast when it's nice to have some bouncing off of each other in the same room. We're already doing the COVID uh, the Zoom podcast. So, you know, it's new things for us over here. Uh, I think we got a name. I think it's going to be called the Drop, uh, Drop the Remote podcast, which, uh, you know, uh, shout out to Matt Joyce. If you're out there, Chef Matt Joyce at the Empire State Plaza, he coined that term to me. I know lots of people said it before, but uh Love it. And we're going to be talking about a lot of movies that are totally drop the remote movies. So look at us with a name now. There we go. We're, we're going places. We keep getting better, this much better every time. We're going to be winning a Pulitzer by like two weeks from now. Absolutely. So we're, we're real as shit and we're talking about a movie. And it's so funny because in, in our introductory episode, you had mentioned that you're not really a super art house guy. You're like, you know, give me the big trailer, give me the fun one. And like occasionally I'll mention to my friends a couple of like weirdo movies, but like most of the time you're you're kind of the, the mainstream, like go watch, eat some popcorn, have some fun movies. For sure. And then you recommend to me The Kid Detective, which to me totally reeks of a debut director's first movie, first screenplay um, with an actor trying to break out and giving him a chance of an art movie. And it's definitely got some heavier themes. And so kudos, kudos on the heavy recommend right away. I, I picked that one up uh, listening to uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Mm. And he was the guest on there, Adam, Adam Brody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So Adam Brody of the OC uh probably most famously and then um young promising woman um he was one of the dudes most recently that tries to sleep with um i keep wanting to call her jill hall she's not a jill hall what's no. the main uh, the, the protagonist of promising young yeah woman. i know who you're talking about i have no idea is, is it no it's not maggie jill hall because that's she's from batman but anyway um he's he's been those are the two things i can recognize him from and then suddenly he's carrying this movie um so let's jump right into it the the kid detective 2020 movie um let me get my notes on the director here Uh, um well i've already lost my notes but again first time director i'll get i'll get his name up and going later it's edward something uh, here we go. Evan Morgan, not even Edward. Evan Morgan, director, first time. Not really known for anything else. Um, he had a couple other movies, The Dirties. Um, nothing I've ever seen before. So this was kind of cool to come into a director, screenplay writer, uh, first time. As someone who would love to write a screenplay, it's always exciting to be like, oh my God, this was his first big one. Like, is this, was like, I don't know. Just, I'm just, not, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, it's wild to me. Um, so the first thing that sticks out to me is that this is clearly a detective movie and it, and it wants to be a noir, like an L.A. confidential or a, um, you know, a Maltese Falcon kind of like follow the caper, whodunit kind of thing. But the twist is clearly that he 
starts out as a kid detective. So he gets kind of like gaslit as a kid to be this detective. He gets the key to the town. Um, he solves all these like kind of pointless mysteries just because he can deduce some things, but like, it's a lot of like, you know, this is missing. Can you help me find it? And it's like, you know, all very innocent, cutesy things. Right. And then suddenly he's 30 and drunk and has a roommate and he needs to move on with his life, but he hasn't. Uh, well, I'll, well, I'll, I'll hold him back is the, uh, when his, his secretary gets kidnapped and he can't solve the big case, you know? Agreed. So when he is, his secretary is a little bit younger than him, but basically when he's a teenager, 15 years before this movie takes place, his teenager gets kidnapped and is on milk cartons in the whole nine yards and he can't solve it. And obviously this is something near and dear and emotional to him, but then, you know, flash forward 15 years he, again, his life is kind of a mess. His parents are checking in on him because he doesn't really have a career or a life yet, but he hasn't given up on being a detective and doing this case. Um, and that's, so that's where we come in to Adam Brody, who's, you know, he's just this perfectly handsome guy playing the movie star role. Uh, but like, he doesn't, he doesn't get it. It's not a flashy part at all. It's just like very subdued, very like, I'm just kind of pathetic, but at one point he does like these cocaine pills yeah, I was like gonna say he gets fired up like once and yeah that's and that's about the only huge range you see from him right and 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 then obviously the ending which you know we'll, we'll throw in the spoilers we got new spoiler sound coming at you too uh for this one um before we get into that but the end of the first act is when this young teenager says my boyfriend's been murdered i need you to solve this case and so suddenly 15 years later after his kid detective career starts he gets his first real murder case um and he's kind of like this pathological liar about like how many cases he solved that are murders and etc etc trying to make people believe him so that he can do it the right way even though he's totally a fish out of water well i think he got Um, called out on that first one like he's doing what was it at dinner He's yeah, dinner with his friends, his parents' friends, or whatever. Yes, and they're the ones that are like, "How many, how many murders have you solved?" And then the next time somebody asks him, he's like, "Uh, he, he fudges the number." Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, so right away, it's like I strongly recommend this movie. Before we get into spoilers and all that stuff, I didn't realize how effective. Again, this is like the genre bending thing. I think so many movies of the 2010s are doing is like because it's hard to write something that's purely new right you're not going to outright the maltese falcon you're not going to outright these pure neo-noir detective things but then when you have it with like a failure to launch like arrested development kind of storyline of this boy who's just failing to become a man (laughs) because he's tied to this old you know whether you want to call it trauma or whatever again this movie is like it's very lighthearted. it's very cutesy in the beginning yeah, I argue um, the first two thirds of the movie are a comedy, and then it changes a little bit. It, it definitely that. takes a dark turn, and then goes like to my point earlier, like a little bit of art house themes. Like, oh yeah, you're supposed to realize that you need to grow the fuck up yeah. and like um, and learn like you know how we do adjust to a career and and what what have you. So I I'm. I was I was impressed uh, to say the least. I this caught me off guard, and I think it's like one of those fun movies to pull um, dialogue wise, and like how it's written, and some of the camera shots. Like I was appreciating um, some of the top down angles of like him lying in the bed, and like 
Um, the whole bar scene is really kind of fun, how they give you a sense of direction as he's going through hallways, even because like you can tell it's like different sets, but you know exactly where the character is as he's moving through that space and down into this like weird, sketchy basement where he meets this guy who immediately rejects him and he walks right back out. Like very funny, but like definitely showing chops and like world building of how to move the camera with the audience so that they feel like you're you're diving into a, a different world right there was some really cool shots i like the one where he's on the bridge in the beginning and they're they had just discovered the dead body of like we don't know what's going on yet but mm. and you have the red and blue lights flashing on him and stuff i thought that was a really cool shot yeah and so yeah shout out to director i haven't you know and it's weird because um, again, COVID's hard. Hollywood is very difficult business, but Evan Morgan, definitely a director. I'm going to keep my eye out for definitely a young guy um, by what I can tell from him. Um, let me see if I can get a birthday on this guy. Uh, of course, I can't really find it. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my ear to the ground for more of his work um, because I was I was impressed right away in his directorial, like kind of real flash and flashpoint moment uh in his career of like oh yeah he's got somebody a, a real star in one of his movies and he did it you know and i think it is it was the 2020 of it all that kind of it's a shame because this is a director that probably will get over you know tough because he didn't have a a, a hit you know so when i was listening to that comedy bang bang episode that mm. adam brody was on he was talking about kind of the process of it all and he was saying it was weird because they released it with the pandemic and like nobody's going to movies so they would get streaming numbers and he was saying how every once in a while like it comes up again and the numbers go way up and then they're down for like a while and it's just got to be a weird feeling of like is this movie popular is it not popular i don't you can't right, tell well let me tell you the, the the drop the remote podcast is going to bring back those numbers one more time baby. <laughs> the numbers are going way back up <laughs> so shoot i use this site um i had i basically paid for it on amazon prime um just to straight up rent it um is it was it on another streamer is it on netflix is it i where did i watch it i had it on prime through showtime or something i think okay we should look that up i'll put it in the show notes of where you can actually watch it yeah. um we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that for for our listeners here all right this is where i think uh, we got to go into a little bit of the spoilers and uh, other stuff of this. So full, full, full warning here. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, all right. So this is spoiler territory. The ending. What What are your thoughts on it? Um, so I'll, I'll basically lay out the plot for the folks. And again, it's it's all been cutesy up to this point. It's been all right. We got. We Where got does it time. really change for you? Like I think the the moment when he like the one of the funniest moments of the whole movie where he's doing like earlier on he's given his recap of oh this is what i did as a kid detective kind of a thing and one of his things is like you get stuck in some searching in somebody's house and they come home and you have to hide in the closet yeah and the lady opens the closet to him in there and she's like oh it's so cute and like calls her husband and then right. fast it's forward to this teenager. one yeah and he gets stuck in this fan like this first it's this kid's closet and also, I love how the whole family is playing Pong. Like, mm. when it shows their computer, they're just playing Pong. And so he's, right. like, stuck in this kid's closet for what seems like hours. And he <laughs> almost gets out, and then he gets, like... Trapped in his sister's closet. Yeah, where the she's little, also this playing little girl's Pong. closet. Yeah. And it just 
just does he like sneezes at the end and it just snap cuts to him in the like police <laughs> in the questioning room like getting interrogated <laughs> and i think yeah. that's like when it all starts like becoming right, way that, more that's serious the, that's the coming of age moment of like he's he's just asking himself what the fuck am i doing i'm watching kids play pong so i can figure out if this young boy really murdered this other man or like why is he setting him up why has he got such a grudge against this person who's got murdered this boyfriend that got murdered and it really doesn't matter the case like all the cutesy aspects of him being the kid detective he's realizing like it's just it's kind of all bullshit and that you know in order to make a career out of this like something's got to change because he can't just keep doing this he's like drinking himself into a stupor and and so on and so yeah right then and then there's also like when a girl the girl who asked him to take on the case comes to his door and he kind of just very quickly explains everything away to her and he's just like yeah, it wasn't these, you know, he wasn't giving you these paper roses. It was this other kid. And it's clearly because he's, you know, he, he hates this other, you know, he explains it all the way. He wants to be done. He wants to get out. And then act three comes and then he realizes, hey, I've been gaslit a little bit by different people in my community and I need to look into who's hiding what. And like, I think that's the first, it, the first sign is he like, isn't he can't guess that movie ending right Mm. and he starts like being like oh wait a minute maybe i wasn't as good as i thought i was kind of a thing exactly um and he realizes that he falsely accused a kid um as a kid detective and then it's like the reality comes crashing down on him a little bit and then it's like oh wait but keep following that trail because why would other people lie in and around this kid detective, you know, why were adults being bad informants um, earlier on? And then he realizes that obviously the, the villain, I, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably leave it open-ended. We'll leave this one a little bit. We won't say who the villain. I, I, I think you can do that pretty easily. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, this is, a, this is a who done it and it, it would totally ruin it. If, um if we told you who done it uh, right away and we, we want, you know, we want Adam Brody to get those numbers. Boy deserves another chance. I think, you know, his range is okay. There's, he breaks down a little traumatic dramatically at the end like he's, he's crying and his family's there and it's just like could that have been a little stronger like could he have done more i think they should have workshopped that scene a little bit like there's definitely it a, was couple a weird scenes. the very last scene yeah is definitely odd where you're you're taking yeah. for a second you're like oh and so there's there's definitely uh you know these these nature versus nurture moments of like how you choose your career and why we choose our careers and like why this kid got so into being a detective and what if he had done something different with his life and um and just like again this common theme of arrested development you're in your 30s and you're still like just got nothing going on and like i think it's that so well though some of those parts like where he talks about solving the case and getting free ice cream for life and right. then it shows him as a 30 year old just very begrudgingly like walking up getting his free slight free ice cream cone and like walking away ashamed yeah yeah but that was so hilarious. the juxtaposition of all the things and again a little bit of this genre bending of coming of age through a neo-noir where it's, usually it's like the cop who's just seen too much shit and he's like you know that's your, your normal you know neo neo not neo-noir i can't even speak um my god humphrey bogart style noir movie you know he's just seen it all like he's he's a pure adult there is nothing that is too dark for him and this is just very much the opposite and i, I love that twist and that's a brilliant piece of screenwriting 
and the way that they film it and keep it light is it's it's unique and brilliant and you know we're we're here for unique things even if even if it's not smashing i love that it's unique i did notice a theme i just thought of it between this one and red rocket that we did mm. last week where not even a theme as much as just something that they both did where they take the the intro song and play it at the very end as well as like a full circle but the tone is so much more different you know for sure so uh, yeah it like opens up with him like i think it opens up with the girl walking down the street to sugar town or something like that i can't remember what the song but mm. it's like a fun light song and then at the end he's just bawling <laughs> and it's the same song again yeah the, very very good movie um I guess I'll, this is where I'll throw in my review. You know, we're going to keep this one a little bit tight. We have um, our five most anticipated movies to get to as well. Uh, probably should have thrown that in on the top, but whatever. Keep the you anticipation know, building, you know. Exactly. I give this, you know, I think this is this is a B movie. It's it's truly a B movie. It's got a B star who's doing B stuff, but it's it's got enough talent that it's like, okay, I definitely, I want to watch this. Like, it's got a screenwriter. It's got some definitely cinematic direction. Honestly, the, the villain is great. He, he was a very good actor. Oh, yeah. Um, surprisingly. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Sophie Nalise, who is the, um, she's the other, we'll talk about her real quick. Um, she's the girlfriend who comes forward and whose boyfriend's dead. Um, she does fine. She's, that's the funny thing is that she does she does nothing for me in this movie, and I always thought her career would be more of a um, I, I don't know it's just an interesting role for her as a young woman because it's such a I'm covered up and I'm just a teenager and I should be playing parts of me being attractive in my twenties and not a teenager by this point, but I guess a paycheck's a paycheck and you just you know gotta get the movies in. So absolutely, the kid detective, solid B for me. Chris, what are you giving it? I'd give it, I'd give it a B plus, A minus range. That was the second time I've watched it, and I was just as satisfied watching it the second time. That's the thing for me. A lot of movies, if I've seen it once, I'm like, okay, whatever. I've seen it. I know what's going on. Mm. But that was a, a fun one where I know I also noticed a few things, like right. watching it that I didn't notice before, especially like the mystery aspect of it. Like if you watch, you see the spoiler alert spoiler alert the paper like folded up origami paper on his desk at the very beginning when he's like looking through stuff and i don't know you just notice a lot of things so i yeah i'd put it up there and it's there's some hilarious parts for me too for sure for very very funny and unlike like a knives out like a, a recent whodunit movie that everybody can relate to and everybody knows it's got shit ton of star power in it this is like the opposite of that because it's, it's so much more thematically heavy knives out is is unique in its own way because of uh, it giving away the ending right away and then it's working backwards this is very thematic and, and again I'll beat a dead horse, but the, the genre bending and the coming of age stuff hits way harder than most noirs who are just like, oh yeah, this was sad. This really dark thing happened to this person and now they're dead. And like, we figured it out in the end because of this twist that you probably didn't pay attention to in the beginning of the movie. But, you know, so it, it, just, it just breaks that framework enough and it's, it's unique enough. But again, it's the the entertainment and the, the entertainment value of it, I think, didn't propel it into an a for me just because it's just like it's unique to me it's it's a great film f- 
film school movie because you're like, oh, look at it. Oh, wait, look at what he did. You know, this is unique. This yeah. is a very unique mechanic talking about all the film school stuff. But like pure entertainment value, pure, pure uh, drop the remoteness of it. It's like, yeah, you know, if it was on, maybe, but it's, it's not, you know, it's a B. I also think that it helps that it's it's like, what, an hour and 30 yeah, minutes or something very like that. Quick. It's a quick yeah. one. You can get through it. It's not bad at all. You know, big fan of the 90-minute movie. Too many movies stretching out two hours, 24 minutes. Tried to turn on The Eternals earlier today, and Stephanie was just like, you know, I don't think I have a two-hour, 20-minute movie in me right now. Let's, let's, let's not do this that. right now. So, all right, folks, that's The Kid Detective. Uh, go check it out. Young, great movie uh, director. Uh, one more time, I'm going to get his name right, for the love of God, Evan Morgan. His first big hit kind of got squished during COVID. So go give him a little bit of support. Hopefully he gets another great, another chance to do something great. Uh, and sh- shout out to Adam Brody too. Pr- good, good enough to carry a movie. He's, he's going to be, um, if, oh my God, I, my brain is very fogged. Blame the co- um, this is your COVID game. This is like, this Michael is, Jordan's this is the COVID game. For sure. I wish that I was Jordan flu game game six, but I am absolutely the opposite of that. But he was probably just hung over anyway. So that's what I like to think. So I, Frank Grillo and Adam, Adam Brody, I think are both locked in that B role. Um, but Adam Brody is very much going to be the skinny, handsome guy and you know i just i just think it's b actors fascinate me and i just i just i compare those two as my the two heroes of the 2020 uh movies all right so let's go into our most anticipated movies of 2022 uh we're starting this podcast off um we're gonna hit a bunch of topics i think we're always gonna you know do something broad movie based um just to get us going and get us excited about some of the things coming up so we're gonna do some honorable mentions at the end but let's go right off the right, right off the bat with our number five. I'm gonna throw in Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So I was a huge Spider-Man Sony into the unit into the Spider-Verse guy. I think that is still to this day the best Spider-Man movie. We probably did 10 minutes on Spider-Man in our last podcast. Good lord, I could wax poetic about into the Spider-Verse. I think the combination of Miles Morales needing a showpiece and everybody being Peter Parker um, atrophy of just knowing the story too much. And it's like, here's this new character. He's got a new dad. He's got a new role model. He's got new teenage problems. He's in a different school. Like just all these plot points that we haven't seen in the Spider-Man world were in into the Spider-Verse. And now they're expanding on that in across the Spider-Verse. So super hyped for it. That is my number five most anticipated movie of 2022, Spider-Man. What more need I say? And don't don't at me for animated movies being lesser than uh, live action. Because no, F Into off. the Spider Verse is for sure up there, regardless of animation mm. or not. Like that movie came out of nowhere for me, and I was like, oh man, Chris, where are you on animated movies? Are you turned on or off by animated movies? Would you prefer live action or animated? Oh, that's a tough one. Like, okay. Do you hold anything against animated movies? Is probably the better. I don't way of think saying so. It. I think I'll go and do an animated. I might, I might be a little slightly more judgmental of an animated movie, just because always, I always expect singing. I yes. always think there's going to be singing, <laughs> and I'm just not into it. I'm not here singing for, and family oriented and kid movies, and that's the thing is I think in the last I don't know there's been more. I think the anime revolution and the 
just adult cartoons of adult swim and like again our generation has been broken with cartoons because like suddenly bob's burgers is for everyone and like big mouth is like the most raunchy animated thing going and honestly the type of graphic design work it takes to do and into the spider-verse or across the spider-verse is insane and i total shout out to the amount of work that's going to go into this movie so that's my number five chris go ahead with your number five okay so my number five is killers of the flower moon and yes and i don't know anything about it <laughs> you told me about it right before we started doing this and it sounds awesome but i'm gonna let you explain <laughs> what's going on sure 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 so chris told me he's like de niro dicaprio martin scorsese film what else do you want it was like he's like i don't even know this movie is about i'm adding it to my list and i was like you're not wrong i think on a lot of people's list that's going to be like way way up there um it's you know the flower moon is a little bit of a hint of justice for indigenous uh people uh native americans indians whatever you, you want to call them um it's martin scorsese even though he is a veteran and he is getting up there in the years he's just churning out work dicaprio one more need I De Niro again one more do we need I say um that's supposed to come out late 22 hyped <laughs> I just found out I'm getting pretty excited already uh my number four um I'm going back to back animated movies somebody slapped me turning red this is Pixar's new movie that's going directly to Disney plus in April uh, this just dropped. They're not going to do a theatrical release. They're going to do a theatrical release in tandem uh, of the Disney Plus. And I'm like, Disney, you're out of your mind. This is a Pixar movie. You spent years developing it. What are you doing? And they're just dropping it right on Disney Plus for us. So really excited. Here's the plot line of Turning Red. Young Asian girl in grade school finds out that when she turns, when she becomes a teenager, she her family inherits this turning into a red panda that is like 10 times the size of a normal human being just randomly when you're 13 so this young asian like kind of bossy girl just boom red panda <laughs> it's just really really funny and it's you know it's obviously allegory for all the weirdness and awkwardness of being a teenager and i am totally here for it because they made it really cute by turning her into a red panda <laughs> i think pixar is going to make me cry again <laughs> <laughs> every every once in a while they get you with that one i mean i cried at everything i cried at up i cried at uh freaking inside out i've cried i what was the last I cried one? at wally did you, I, soul, did you I, cried. Soul, I cried more for the knicks than anything yeah. in that movie <laughs> touche uh yeah pixar's pixar's got its hands on my heartstrings and i'm excited for turning red even if i'm gonna watch it from my couch first thing in april so uh turning red that's my number four chris what's your number four uh, my number four is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm. Uh, it's a Nick Cage movie, and that's all I really needed to know. But I did look a little more, and it looks like it's Nick Cage playing an extreme version of Nick Cage, which <laughs> I, I mean, face off, great movie, right? And yeah. it's Nick Cage playing what he thinks. Um, oh, why can't I? Schwarzenegger. No, no, no. Uh, not, not Schwarzenegger. Oh no, my no, God. no, it's uh, no, Travolta. My Travolta, Lord. yeah. Good it's God, Travolta. I, got so my, I got my movies. I know, right? But it's it's Nick Cage playing what he thinks Travolta would be playing, mm. playing Nick Cage. So there's levels to that. But I want to see. I'm I'm worried that it'll open up a tear in the universe of just Nick Cage being like, well, Nick Cage would do this, but 
Nick Cage playing Nick Cage playing Nick Cage and it's just going to go on and he's just going to be just the biggest thing like oh I'm I'm so excited for it as as we should be um the Schwarzenegger movie what's that other 80s Schwarzenegger movie that's like a total total sci-fi total uh, running man um Schwarzenegger I'm the total recall yeah total recall yeah. that's the one oh, yeah. yeah and I was like I, I don't know why I was thinking I don't know. 80s oh, no. sci-fi. Face off. Maybe we'll face do face off, off one day because face off is just wild. Oh, it's incredible. It's been a minute since I've seen that, but yeah, I mean, who it doesn't want up. to? Uh, Nick Cage did Pig. We didn't mention that on our greatest 2021 movies or the Benny Ebert Awards, but I did really like it. Um, it should be really called Nick Cage's The Pig Napping. Um, it's a he, he has a truffle pig, and then somebody steals it, and then he's super pissed off and goes to great lengths to get his truffle pig back. And that is the plot of this. So movie. it's taken, but with Nick Cage and having a, a truffle yeah. pig. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe I haven't seen that movie yet. Incredible. And like, I did not think Nick Cage would deliver the performance he delivers on that and make it as effective as it is. And here I am, like, sad about a truffle pig. Uh, Nick Cage, great actor. You might know him. All right. My number three is Wakanda Forever, Black Panther. I mean, this is just the Marvel Universe being the Marvel Universe and just having that gravity. The big question of this one is obviously because of the death. My goodness. I can't think again. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Thank you. Uh, The death of Chadwick Boseman. How are they going to go on with the series? And what are they going to do? And and knowing Marvel, they pre-filmed some footage of when they did the first black panther and like how they're going to hand off that uh, crown to either uh shuri or one of the other characters in wakanda so really curious to see because no matter what you know they they, now their backs are against the wall they got to do something radical or unique with the character and i'm just totally here for it they're kind of set up decently with the what's the new doctor strange is the multiverse they start opening the multiverse stuff up and i feel like that opens up a lot of places for i was almost thinking if they got the guy back uh michael b jordan who was the bad guy in the first one if they're like oh we found an alternate reality where he's actually black panther and somehow they pull him in here and i'm a huge michael b jordan fan and i would be totally for that um i doubt they do but they have options you know yeah killmonger is just such a good villain and like that's always a shame with these like origin stories is like they bust out one of the best villains almost always in the origin story and then it's just like oh wait but now we can't go back to that villain for another movie can right, we they usually kill him off right and so it's and i get it you gotta have closure on your movie it's gotta be a thing but yeah but know, you can give me to... the like shot of the hand at the end that just starts to move you know i'll take that mm. that's cool yeah. especially marvel does all the post-credit scenes just throw that oh in yeah there. oh yeah you know, he might got hit with some pim particles. There's something about time looping. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's a stone in there somehow that brought him back. I don't know. It's, if anybody can figure it out, it's it's Marvel for sure. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, the Marvel universe of of the three big Marvel movies or four, I guess that we're getting this year. Um, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther is by far my most excited, and hopefully we get an incredible. Good lord, <laughs> my brain is just so shot. The, the soundtrack that came with it by Kendrick Lamar. Good Lord. Hopefully we get another great Kendrick Lamar uh, album out of it as well. That album was awesome. Yes. Go ahead. What's your number three? Okay, so my number three, I'm going to stick with the Marvel theme and go with the Thor Love and Thunder movie that's coming out. That one 
from what I can tell, that's going to have a decent amount of the Guardians of the Galaxy in it, right? Yes, for sure. They were hanging out last we saw them. They, so the, the soundtrack is definitely going to be a banger. So always. we know that anything that has Guardians in it is got to like lean heavy on the soundtrack. Well, and I um, think the last Thor movie was one of the best uh, Marvel movies that they've had in a long pe- time. Period. Ragnarok is amazing. Whether it's is it Kate Blanchett is the big bad in that one? She's the villain. She's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Taika Waititi just having a lot of fun. Well, he's Hulk. doing. He's directing this one too. I think, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. That guy's awesome. I, I'm a big fan yeah, of anything. Huge, that ta- that huge Taika. Um, I'll have to double check that. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he ca- he came back. Um, because it, it definitely has that same playful, very comic booky style on the movie poster and everything and i guess that's all marvel movies but but this they one do is, they've been leaning more into like big colors and like stuff like that with yeah with thor so um yeah all right cool taika is back on this one um i also think this is chris hemsworth's last contractual um movie is the last one that he has to show up in so that's always an interesting thing it's just like kind of watching like how many more years a running back has on an nfl team is like how many more years do these marvel stars have in these movies um because obviously iron man got out because he wanted to do something else in his career like dude dude had like three series he had the sherlock holmes series he had iron man and like i think downey jr just wants a third thing in his life um it wasn't Dr. Doolittle, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and so now Chris Hemsworth, I think, is going to get the same treatment, handing it off to another very of our biggest Hollywood stars is Natalie Portman. Um, and also Christian Bale, uh, quietly the, the villain, maybe. He's Gore, the god of something. Gore, the god of, I don't even know. But he I'm is going to be in this movie, too. So we got Christian Bale, you got Taika Waititi. There's some other names attached to this too. A uh, little Matt Damon, Tessa Thompson, we know as Valkyrie, Russell Crowe somehow in this movie. What is going on? Marvel, wow. you've lost your mind again. Of course, Love and Thunder, it's going to be a banger. All right, I guess I'll go on to my number two. Yeah, what you um, my number two is Nope. I love me a good horror movie. I love Jordan Peele. I thought Get Out was one of the most brilliant horror movies of the last few years. I love the psychological horror. I love um, the political statements and things that it's making um, on, you know, I can't, I can't even put it to work. Um, the black experience in America and, and all of that. And just like, I just, it's just brilliant. Jordan Peele is an incredible horror movie director. I liked us. I think it was fine. I did not re- get to watch Candyman yet, but this will be his fourth outing. And I, I just think Jordan Peele is one of these bankable directors now for a great horror movie this one's gotten more hype than us or Candyman has obviously Candyman being the remake you know it is what it is but yeah I'm, I'm here for Jordan Peele I'm, I'm gonna watch all of his stuff nope this is his next horror movie so I haven't seen a lot of his movies honestly if we're being honest I haven't seen Get Out I'm not a big horror movie guy so okay like, but I am always excited when I end up seeing the trailers for his movies it's usually an awesome hip hop song that they slow down and make super creepy. Mm. So I'm here for that for sure. I'm very excited to hear what the yeah, next one get, is. Get Out might be a future episode because, again, a cr- critical movie in the last five to, years. I've been meaning to watch that one. Yeah. And it's it's not like scary, scary. Like you're not going to be able to sleep at night, scary. It's just like this is psychologically going to mess you up for a minute. Well, and um, I do and, love uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who's in that yes. one. Yeah. which is a great 
switch over a great transition to my number two mm. which is knives out two but i don't think he's going to be in that right he this one is just kind of following daniel craig right i i know I, I, I saw him in the trailer and stuff um, okay, there's definitely but... screenshots of lakeith still being there okay. being the number i'm two. a huge fan of him yeah i mean the black panthers movie that came out this I, I, technically in 2021 um, oh yeah, I forgot that, about that one. Um, what the heck was that called? Also with Daniel Kaluuya of Get Out fame. Good lord, <laughs> we're like hopelessly looking things up. Um, I promise you, we watch a ton of movies in the show um, prep. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the COVID brain. It's the show prep. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Oh my god, shoot me now. Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, was the <laughs> is the the Black Panther origin story fred hampton the fred hampton story that like again this is stuff that uh my education in high school kind of skipped over and it didn't really sink in and then i watched this and i'm like oh my god why this is a huge biography biograph story why didn't we hit this anyway uh daniel clea legend already lakeith stanfield legend for atlanta legend for uh, a lot of things atlanta's coming out soon and I'm also yeah mo- maybe that's next episode of tv shows are most excited to come back yeah um euphoria just came back shit was banging anyway lakeith sanfield knives out it, it, it's gonna be great i could watch 25 knives out just give them just, just rip yeah, one off they, like if james they keep bond. doing that i got no problem with it yeah it's like it, it's it's funny because daniel craig wanted out of james bond but like he's just gonna keep cashing the knives out check and he like apparently like a- he wanted a new accent, you know? He wanted to switch the accent. Up. Yeah, he just wanted to be an, an angry Virginian instead of <laughs> a British, you know, spy. He, apparently, apparently they're, like, already locked in to do, like, eight of these. Whether, oh, um, yeah, whether the director um, is going to do all of them. I think he's just, he's definitely going to do the second one. Da, 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 da. Ryan Johnson, director Ryan Johnson, also big for Star Wars, also big for turning a lot of big franchises like upside down and being amazing. Big fan of Ryan Johnson. He's signed on for at least a couple more. So we'll see. I would love to see Ryan Johnson just keep doing it and churning these out. Like if he can keep these churning out in the background while he's also doing other stuff, I'll be a huge, huge fan. Yeah, I feel like if they get the formula down well enough, it's like, okay somebody else can kind of do a lot of it and i'll come in when necessary exactly all right on to number ones my number one is top gun 2 baby <laughs> little movie called top gun have you seen it no <laughs> are you kidding me no i haven't seen <laughs> oh my god uh it is the homoerotic beach ball thriller of 1980 whatever no, in all seriousness, it's Tom Cruise uh, flying jet planes, looking super cool to electric guitar, just screaming in the background. Um, it's total military propaganda stuff, but it's like, you know, they're going to throw in a love story. They're going to be like, you can't do that. That's too dangerous. My name's Maverick and I'll do what I want. And it'll be an Iceman. And it'll be like, it's just going to be like a lot of testosterone. It's going to be a lot of jet planes. The Navy is directly involved with like giving their best tech and their best flyers. And like, there's a lot of cool cinematography, just like how they capture these planes, especially this one, I guess is going to deal a lot with breaking the sound barrier. So like, I don't know. The trailer came out in 2020 and I was just like, all right, cool. Injected into my veins. I'm So is it I'm just fucker. the same characters moved? to the current time or what's the like plot so val kilmer is not coming back uh i don't think didn't he die in the the first one Hmm? did he die in the first one spoiler negative so spoiler alert spoiler alert 
Uh, Somebody spoiler, knows, right? Goose, Goose dies in the original. Okay. Um, and yeah, his uh, Maverick's wingman, Tom Cruise's wingman, Goose dies. But my understanding is Tom Cruise is basically the only character coming back. Maybe, I don't know. I'll have to check it out, but go watch the trailer. It's Top Gun. This is going to be the popcorn movie of July 4th. I don't think they've officially, officially announced it, but I mean, come on, son. Because I, I get it. This is a movie that relies on the movie theaters. If you watch this movie at home, you're just going to be like, what's the deal with the jet planes? But if you watch it in the theater, it's going to be like, <laughs> and you're going to be like, jet planes are awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah. Top Gun 2, little little movie called Top Gun 2, little star named Tom Cruise. You know, it might be good. It might be all right. All right, Chris, what's your number one? All right, my number one movie, we talked about it a little bit last week, but, I mean, the Batman movie. I. It's so funny how I feel like every time there's a new actor announced to be Batman, it takes a while to get used to the idea of it. You know, whenever you hear it at first, you're like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, this guy, I, I don't see it. And that was the same way with uh, Pattinson, right? Is that his Yes, name? Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman. But I mean, every time I see something new, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Like, you got me. All right, All right. so let's let's break this down a little bit because, like, Christian Bale is obviously our generation's Batman, right? Oh, he did sure. the Dark Knight. It was fucking huge, and then it's weird because then, like, well, we had Keaton he, for a while. We well yeah, and that's the thing is I they did all the one offs right. They did Keaton. They did Keaton Clooney. had two. Keaton did. He did two, two. The first two, right? Yeah, he he did the. Um, oh my god! The first one was got, with the Joker. The guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Those the back to back. He did the same style Batman's. Yeah. Um, Fuck fine now. <laughs> Again, COVID brain is unbelievable. I can tell you every connection to everything today but i can't tell you um who actually did what um the best part really of those should... first two batman movies was that billy d williams was getting set up to be two-face mm, tim burton jesus tim christ burton, yeah, the is. tim burton bat movies i'm gonna cut um, that part and move it forward so it seems like we thank you for making me sooner. not sound like <laughs> not sound like an idiot yes the tim burton batman movies uh, we get a couple from Keaton. We get a really wackadoodle freaking Clooney and uh, Schwarzenegger Kilmer. and um, who was Poison was... Ivy? Oh, yeah. That was uh, Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Yeah, Uma Thurman. And it's just a wild, just freaking wild. And so, like, as a young kid, I'm like, all right, Batman's cool. But, like, these movies kind of seem totally weird and, like, for adults. And then, like, I get to become a teenager. Dark Knight comes out. Poof, it blows up everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, Batman. And then, so then, like, we, I, yeah, I had to go retroactively and go back and watch those. And so, like, now as I'm, like, waiting for, and then, like, but then that's the thing. is like, by the time Ben Affleck comes out, I should be in peak, like, I'm fucking excited for Batman mode. And Ben Affleck did nothing for me. He didn't Batman. do it for me. That was the one time where my my first thoughts were correct about, oh, this Batman is not going to be very good. Yeah, ben, ben Affleck did it for his kids. Like, he's just like, I want my kids to know me as Batman. And, like, I want them to think I'm cool because I was Batman. And that's not enough reason for me to like it. Did you watch the the Snyder cut of the Justice League? I didn't. I, I heard it was better, but I it's I a little better. I have only watched pieces of the Justice League. I have only watched pieces of Aquaman. I have watched most of Spider-Man versus not Spider-Man, Superman versus Batman. Yeah. Um, but truly, like I've I've only seen pieces of the Ben Affleck Batman experience. And so, like, yeah, maybe well, this I'll go one back. was originally supposed to be Ben Affleck, too, right? Something happened mm. where 
he's out now on it. And yeah, it was super messy. So then Robert Pattinson um starts off his career kind of rocky doing Twilight. And everybody's just like, this is the Twilight guy. He's got I that experience, though. I've done, he does the one have thing. that. I was like, he's vampire. got that experience. Yes. And, but then, then he goes on this tear of indie movies. And he's just like, I'm going to show you that I've got chops. <laughs> he does High Times. He does The Lighthouse. He does all these movies that you're just like, holy shit, Robert Pattinson's got chops. And now I'm just like, wait, he might be the young weird version of batman i want to see and i i think he's got action movie chops too only because he did tenant which was supposed to be the biggest movie 2020 pandemic ruins it christopher uh not no no yeah no christian bale oh my god earlier i said christian nolan was the batman christian nolan directed the batman with christian bale in it got my christopher's all mixed up we got a lot of christopher's on this show um how do you feel about tenant tenant pretty good but I, I think that's the thing is robert pattinson is the standout of like the glue that holds that movie together and so again it's just another example of like oh my god robert pattinson is coming in he's holding a blockbuster together and now i'm like okay i can see him churning out the next huge batman blockbuster dc desperately needs a win the riddler seems like the right villain for this time um the penguin is in it it's got a really weird colin farrell as a penguin uh Really, really hot Zoe Kravitz as the Catwoman. I it's got the pieces. As long if if it can stick the landing, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, all the pieces are. This would be a great one though if they took the new Spider Man and opened up to. We have Danny DeVito's Penguin pop in for a second. <laughs> we have Halle Berry as Catwoman pop in for a minute. Like, I'm open to I, that I have, experience as well, but I don't think they're I, gonna go that direction. I don't think they're gonna go that direction. I also. I'm a big fan of the Court of Owls of Batman. Um, we've been passing those comic books back and forth. I, I think that right is now, the yeah. most legendary series um, of the comic books of recent memory. Um, so I think this trailer hints at it just a little bit. I'm not like total geekdom enough to know. But if it goes there, I'm totally in for two and three. I think the second movie will be the Court of Owls and I will be all the way in. So anyway, that's our top fives. The Batman, Top Gun, going to be huge. Uh, running it down, Knives Out to Nope, the Jordan Peele thing, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Thor, Love and Thunder, Turning Red, the Pixar movie about Panda, uh, the unbearable weight of being incredibly famous, Nick Cage doing Nick Cage stuff. And then a little, little director named Marty Scorsese is going to make a movie named Killers of the Flower Moon. And then Spider-Man, across the spider-verse gonna gonna hopefully outdo uh no way home um i i hope they do justice and, and push the story further than it ever has so totally looking forward to a great 2022 do you have any honorable mentions before we we peace out here i have a couple of ones where i'm like i'm shocked that they are making that movie mm. i could throw those out there really quick. go for it <laughs> okay have you seen the commercial for that movie that's about kurt warner yeah, that that looks like a directed Netflix movie, and I can't believe it's coming out in theaters. Um, it's starring my dude. I keep saying my dude, uh, the dude from Shazam, uh, whatever his handsome name is. Uh, Probably <laughs> very handsome name. Zachary Levy. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, very handsome guy. Uh, Zachary Levy, Shazam, doing Kurt Warner. 
it looks like just a hallmark movie of a, of a football movie. I it's can't just like that. totally feel good. Dude's like putting groceries on, you know, he's, he's a grocery store attendant and like just, just really hamming up the hallmarkness of it all. Kurt Warner had a legendary career. Dude went to two Super Bowls, almost, you know. I was just so shocked to see a preview for that. And at the end, they're like, Kurt Warner, get over here. I was like, oh, Jesus, you're making a Kurt Warner movie? <laughs> Seems interesting. But hey, There's I'm- a lot of football guys I would make a movie about before Kurt Warner. And I get right. it. Everybody loves an underdog story. Rudy, but- I understand. Invincible, I understand. I don't know. Kurt Warner, I just, it's, I don't know. It's weird, right? Me. Which is why it probably seems like a Hallmark movie. I get, I, I am preliminarily saying that that movie can't be better than a B. I just, I would be shook to my core. But it's going to sweep the Oscars. This yeah, time. totally. The other one. Um, have you seen the commercials for Morbius? I have. Um, another dude. I can't. Uh, here's another name. I can't freaking remember. Oh, um, we had this problem last time too. Literally the same guy. Teams in Gucci Leto. as Jared the Italian Leto. plumber. Yeah, Jared Leto. Thank you. Yeah, he's going to be a vampire too. Um, that movie looks bad. I don't know why they keep delaying it. I have a hunch something's not right. Um, so we'll see. Jared Leto may have finally lost all of his marbles. I don't know. He takes big chances. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. Big swings. I, I saw the preview for that one, like the full extended trailer mm. it, when I went to see Spider-Man and I was like, I think they're going to finally miss on one. <laughs> Yeah, the Marvel universe is is weird because like we pick on DC because they miss way more often than Marvel. But like now they're going Marvel is doing a hard turn into all these characters that people don't know about. Like Iron Man was like a lesser known character, and then obviously the movies made him huge. Um, but he's still pretty mainline Marvel. Uh Morbius definitely a little deeper down. Um yeah, you gotta really do some digging to get to Morbius, apparently. Yeah, and who's the Oscar Isaac one? The Moon Knight. Have you heard this one? Oh, yeah. I I think I heard a little bit. They're doing a Moon Knight thing. I don't know. And I'm just like Marvel. Have you like teach me about Moon Knight? Because it might be something I'm missing in my life. It could be cool. And I like Oscar Isaac. Yeah, love love Oscar Isaac. The combination of Jared Leto and just the whole movie seemed like a weird. I don't know. I yeah, it seems off, like he's so. going back to his 30 seconds to Mars phase of just super emo. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, other movies that fit that same category, Avatar 2, question mark. Blue people go back to the environmental planet um, with a global warming spin this time, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'd be shocked if they did. Environmentalism couldn't sell the first one. And it, I get it. It was a huge, like one of the top grossing movies of all time. I mean, it was it was a visual thing, though, right? The whole thing was how it looked. And right. It, it was, was a the, groundbreaking. It was early 3D done well movies yeah, yeah. the storyline and I, can, I just can never get over unobtainium like, yeah Cor- corny that, as fuck how did they not come back to that how did they not be like all right well we'll take care of that later this is like if, a place if we establish anything through two episodes it's movies that gross a shit ton of money are not always great movies <laughs> let's just like put it that way um there's a tom hardy flick called havoc tom hardy I'm always going to bank on him. He's been doing this Venom thing. Venom's been hilarious. Venom's been very bankable. Um, and now, like, but the last movie I saw before him doing that was the gangster, the mobster movie of a very late in his life. Oh, Gandolfini. That, that Gandolfini movie, The Drop. Is that the one you're talking oh, about? Oh, The Drop was really good. The Drop that's, was that's, awesome. That's different. I'm thinking of Al Capone. Um, oh, Hardy okay. plays a really, really late in his life. Al Capone, who's losing his brain because he's got like 
syphilis something something that's making him lose his yeah mind. i think he had syphilis yeah yeah and um that movie was not good i, I really wanted a movie. lot out of that movie and it was terrible um it was just a weird choice a lot of weird choices were made in that movie and it's just not good and so like i want i wanted tom hardy redemption as a as an actor movie and hopefully his whole face is not obstructed like bane or like um the the french uh war movie there that christopher nolan did um all of these all of these things so tom hard justice for tom hardy uh havoc might be pretty good two more and then we'll get out of here um the flash go talk more a little, little bit more about the dc universe ezra miller was insatiable in the perks of being a wallflower he was a standout like i thought he was going to go to the moon as a movie star like just charisma for days he's just he's good looking he's young he speaks very well he plays well off of other people in every scene and i was just like ezra miller is going to go to the moon and then it didn't happen i'm like what what did this guy do who did he piss off in hollywood um, did he do something i thought i thought i read something where he was like i don't know Right. Maybe maybe I gotta do more research before my podcast, but um, he's clearly the Flash. Like he's not hurting. He's in these DC movies. Like he's getting paychecks. Like uh, you know he, he's gonna be just fine. But um, yeah, uh, looking forward to the Flash. They're gonna do the time travel thing, kind of like Doctor Strange, because Flash obviously can run so fast that it can turn back time. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where that goes and if DC can do it um, either better or worse than uh, Marvel did. Um, and then the last one, because it made almost every list, is The Northman. It's got Andy Taylor-Joy, uh, Nicole Kidman, Skarsgård. It's got a lot of people. It's a Viking epic a la Braveheart. It's gonna. It's like one of these multi-hundred million dollars of movies. Like huge production budget. People are blowing it up. The obsession with Vikings is real lately i think more and more people during covid just got the time to dig into some uh norse lore <laughs> speaking that, of that show vikings right yeah it's big right now did you ever watch that uh i never watched it heard heard okay things um i also played a little game called god of war um that very much has been digging into norse uh mythology they're gonna do a ragnarok story here coming soon newsflash all these ancient civilizations tell stories using the same beats uh the vikings just were redder and had boats you know like they're not very different than greeks or romans um and their mythology uh so in, interested uh not sure how i feel about it uh, but it's got enough names and stuff attached to it so that's what we got those are our most anticipated movies of 2022 uh this has been another episode of drop the remote podcast the first one with a name uh we're gonna get these out pretty shortly here uh we're working on some graphics i guess by the time you hear this uh, you'll know <laughs> and yeah, that's uh true if you're hearing this we we did it and, and 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 thanks again for for listening um keep checking out the posts the we're, you know we're gonna get our social media game stuff together we're gonna get on twitter we're gonna do the instagram thing uh, we're gonna start posting some reviews in there too uh in addition to the podcast so uh if you appreciate our views on movies and, and listening to us yak about it while you're uh you know at work bored or going for a jog or whatever you're doing uh we appreciate it uh subscribe like do all that fun stuff and, and thanks again peace peace mm-hmm.